So um, I want to first share a story with you all, uh, which, which I like to do. I'm a storyteller. And so in fifth grade, uh, my favorite thing to do was, uh, my favorite subject was recess. Remember that? Um, so recess was the best. It was my favorite subject in school. So we'd be playing every single sport there was out there. We'd either be playing basketball or soccer or football was often what the majority of the kids wanted to do. And so we were just like anticipating recess to come as every single, like ever since we got into school, it was like, okay, when's recess start? And so we'd have these games of football and we would just shift around and it'd just be a blast. We'd look forward to it every single day. And uh, sometimes, um, there was, so there was this one kid, uh, actually there were twins. There, there was these two kids that never really played with us, uh, they, but they were all about like track and field. And so they were really fast, they were like be running off, they were built just super fast, so they'd be running, but they never played football with us for some reason. And then one day I was like, you know what, why don't we invite them to play football with us? And, uh, and so I said, okay, let's, let's do it. So I, hey, hey, do you want to play football with us? And he's like, okay, I never really played before. And I'm like, oh, no, it's simple. You know how it works. You just throw it and you try to get the ball down the field or you try not to get the ball down, let them get the ball down the field. They're like, oh, okay, cool. And so we started playing and they were getting the hang of it. And then all of a sudden uh, we decided we wanted him to, to play a little bit more. So the quarterback passed the ball to him and he got the ball and man, he, he told you he ran track. He took off running, and no one even got close to touching him. Like, no one was even close to touching him. And he got to the end, and uh, he, like, turned around, and there was literally, like, uh, 30 yards from anybody. And then he, like, looked around, and, uh, and we looked at him. and was like, dude, you ran the wrong way. Like, he was so psyched about it, but then this feeling of, like, oh, shoot, came over him because he ran the wrong way. And so here's what I want to talk to you about today, is he was so confident, or he was not confident in his information. He was not confident in the truth. So one of the biggest reasons I see, uh, one of the biggest issues I see in Christian faith is that we are not confident in what we know. We're not confident in the information we need to know. We're not confident in truth. So here's what I want to, what the main thing I want to say was when we, when we fail to be rooted in truth. We fail to grow. We fail to, to do anything, to move forward in our spiritual walk. We just continue to, to make this cycle back and forth of, of, of moving forward. And, I, and I, I see it's like making zero progress because we're not rooted in truth. We, we fall back into sin and Jesus forgives us and we come back and that's amazing. There's always going to be second chances. But because we're not rooted in truth, we don't see ourselves making any progress in our, in our spiritual walk. And so today I want to challenge you to become rooted in truth, rooted in what Jesus said. And so Jesus and so Paul is encouraging the Christians of Coloss to be rooted in truth. We're in this series of, of Colosh, in Colossians. I want to bring up the overview of the series. And um, so we've already talked about how to walk worthy. We've talked about how to walk a consistent life. Last week we talked about how to walk out wisdom. And today is all about how to walk a rooted life. So I want to encourage you to, to, to read along, read ahead, open up Colossians for yourself because you'll see that it's very easy, it's not as hard as you think just to get something out of Scripture. Maybe, maybe it seems daunting to you, maybe just reading the Bible on your own seems different, seems uh, foreign to you, but I would encourage you just to simply pray and say, God, would you speak to me from your word? And whether it's a verse, whether it's a chapter, whether it's multiple chapters, open it up every day 
and say, God, speak to me through this. And I would, I challenge you, and you'll be surprised what God does through that. People ask me, how do you come up with the material of what you're going to speak on? Like, it's really easy. I don't come up with it. I look at Scripture and ask God to speak through me to it, just like you can. You have access to the same information I do. But my job is actually really just encouraging you. Sometimes that's what I feel like I'm here to do, is just come here and encourage you all to get into the Word, encourage you all to seek Jesus. Today, I'm specifically challenging us to get rooted in truth. So I, I, have, some, I have an illustration. I'm going to ask Nick to, uh, to bring this out here. And um, let's see, where are we at? So um, I love visual illustrations. They help me out um, a little bit. So here, uh, I, got, I got a confession to make. I play with dolls. Uh, it's the truth. So, uh, so uh, because, because my daughter, every single day, asks me, Daddy, do, can you play with dolls today? D- Daddy, will you play dolls with me today? And uh, I am always Kristoff. This is Kristoff. And I am always Kristoff. So I asked her today, if, uh, or I asked her uh, this week, I said, can I borrow your, uh, the Kristoff doll for a sermon illustration? And she said, Daddy, what's a sermon illustration? She's five years old. And I said, it's a thing that's going to help for church. She said, yeah. And then she said, you know what, Daddy? You can have it. So this is not, I'm just not borrowing this. This is my doll, everybody. All right? I'm not ashamed at all. And so here's, here's the, what I'm going for is um, this represents the, the normal Christian. And um, this represents the normal Christian. And as I was saying, we go through this cycle where we're not really grounded. Scripture says, uses the words rooted. We're not really rooted in anything, and we can't really stand up very well. He's, he's standing up there right now, but, uh, and you could say, man, I stand up, and he's kind of got his arms back like this, and that is the look of pride right there. See that on his face? It's the look of pride, because watch how easy, just give him a little tap, and he's done. He falls straight on his face. That probably hurt. And so, but, we, but this is what we do, this is what we go through as Christians, And I believe this is such a paradigm where we say, man, Jesus forgave me, but I fell back down on my face and I have failed. But don't worry, Jesus forgives. And he does that a thousand, he does that in endless times. There will always be forgiveness of sin. But we come back to it and say, okay, I'm getting back up on my feet. We're good. Oh, and then he falls back down. And he says, okay, no, no, Jesus, forgive me. I'm coming back. I'm coming back, baby. Oh, no, something came. There was this pressure. See, the church in Coloss was experiencing this pressure. Outside pressure, where there where was the wind, watch, I could probably just blow it over. Look at that. Oh, now, now he's really done. That, that one really hurt. See, I made this the other day. Uh, but we experienced, so the church in Coloss was experiencing this outside pressure, whether it was the, the people around the church telling them, you know what, Jesus is not the only way to God. And then, and then that sounds like, wait, is that true? I remember hearing something. It's like, you know, Jesus is good, but maybe that's not the only way. And they were falling back into that. And so uh, here's, what I, here's what I want to say is, um, I may need a little help. No, we got it. I spent some time working on this, so I hope you guys are impressed with this. And it's probably really awkward. Here, I'm going to, uh, Robert, do you want to help me out with this? It was while I j- just get it back to how it was. So here's, I brought this board. <laughs> Thanks, man. So I brought this board. This represents truth. I, I spelt it really big so you guys can see. So this represents truth, okay? And here's, here's where we fail. This represents uh, the person of truth. See, truth isn't just information, but truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. So this doesn't just re- represent the information. This doesn't represent ideas. 
This doesn't represent concepts or thoughts. This represents Jesus because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is not just saying words. That Jesus is not, there's not just these ideas, but Jesus is truth. There's the person of truth. And so this is what you need to be grounded in. And you see this, Christoph, thanks, Robert, I appreciate it. So this is truth right there, and Jesus is saying, waiting for you to be grounded in him. He's waiting for you to say, you know what, put your roots deep in me. And so this is what it looks like when you get rooted in truth. You put your roots in, and it's a solid base. It's a solid base of Jesus being your grounding. And now, look, I try to come up and do the same thing. There's no, there's, your roots are down. You're not falling on your face. You're saying, no, I believe in Jesus and my roots are in Jesus. And the pressure is going to get a little harder. I'm obsessed with power tools here. The pressure <laughs> is even going to get harder. But look at Christoph right now. Look at him. He's saying, I know Jesus. I'm rooted in truth. I'm not falling over right now. Look how strong he is right now. Anybody need some air? I'm just And so this is the picture I want you guys to see of digging down deep, see what the difference is between just saying, okay, I'm going to church, I call myself a Christian, but I'm not really rooted in truth. You'll fall back down and you'll, you'll see this cycle, you go through that cycle where you make, yes, Jesus is continuing to forgive you, but you're not making any progress in your spiritual walk. You're not deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. You don't know him more. You're not sinning less. You don't see a decreased pattern of sin in your life. You're not more confident in who you are. You're not a better person as a result as you were from last year, because we are all called to grow. Without roots, we will fail to grow. And so that's what I want to communicate to you today. There's a few verses in here I want to look at and challenge us. And I believe that, that we are all called to grow together. And at the end of the sermon, I'm going to ask us to come up and just pray for one another. Um, and, and I believe it's going to be a powerful time. So I want to talk through this, this passage a little bit. And if this is distracting to you, uh, just let me know or just deal with it yourself. So, um, so here's what it says. Uh, it, verse 8 says, See to it that no one takes Takes, cap, takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. So what influences? What are these outside pressures of, of this air blowing us, trying to knock us over? Because the church in Colossus, they were in a new church. They were, it was, everything was new at that time. And they were trying to figure out what they believed. And there was, there was all these outside pressures to say, look, believe in this. And so, so what kind of things are there today? That, that, are, that are modern day pressures, modern day empty deceits and philosophy. Now that word philosophy does not mean anything about the, the generalization of philosophy, like thinking deeper. We're all about that, but that's specifically that are not Christ. It says, again, that are not Christ, that, that go against what Jesus says. And so philosophy, an empty deceit. So here's what I believe is, is uh, we need to be rooted in truth. So we, when we're not rooted in truth, we can easily be swayed. And we could easily hear truth, 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 and then when there's uh, uh, heresy, we don't notice. So I read my daughter, uh, I get to read to my daughter often, and sometimes I just get bored with the books that I read because she likes to read the same one over and over, and I'm like, okay, I'm so done with uh, Hop on Pop. Like, he just hops on Pop, I get it. And, um, and so I'm, I'm just like done. So sometimes what I do is I'll read it, and I'll just make up a completely different story. And just to see if she notices, like, and then, then uh, Cinderella went off 
and joined a garage band or something like that. All this, like, uh, just, you know, just uh, trail off from what the normal thing is. And so I'm going to be honest. I think some weird things sometimes. Sometimes I wonder if, if I'm up here and I just start sharing truth, 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 truth. I'm all sharing this good truth. But then all of a sudden I throw in a heresy. Like what would happen? I, I, I think about that. I think about, like, I, I'm glad you guys trust me, so I don't want you to, like, not trust me. But if I just started saying, you know, Jesus is good, Jesus is God, but there's also many other ways to God. If I said that, would you guys, like, say, hey, would you guys, like, throw a tomato at me? Because I hope you would. Because I, I know you brought them, maybe. Um, but because but, I can't, you need to be grounded in the truth, and you need to know truth so you can know what a heresy is. You can know what isn't truth. When you know truth and then you hear something that isn't truth, you'll be able to decipher it. So I think so often many of us Christians just hear, are hearing the good things, but we're not rooted in ourselves. We're not grounded and really know what we need to know. The essentials that Jesus is fully God, that he's fully man, that he came and died for us, and that there is no other way to heaven. There's no other way to God because Jesus said, I'm the way of the truth and life. No one comes to the Father except for me and a few other guys, right? No, throw the tomato right now. There you go. All right? I mean, I would be so, I'd be excited if you threw a tomato at me. Like, seriously. So when we're rooted in truth, we can be easily, when we're not rooted in truth, we can be easily swayed to empty deceit because that empty deceit is rooted in fear. The, 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 those, those, uh, the, the, the people around Colossus were very fearful of God's because they knew they didn't have the right belief. They didn't believe in Jesus, and they were fearful of what Jesus did, and they didn't have the right perception of him. And so they were, it was rooted in fear, and they had this empty deceit where they were saying, look, Jesus isn't the real thing. There's a lot of other ways that you can connect to God, and uh, Jesus is good and all, but he's not the only way. We need to be rooted in truth. Um, so, and, and I believe a big part of that is not only what we believe about God, but what we believe about ourselves. Man, we, we're falling on our faces so many times because we're not in, rooted in the truth of our identity. We're not rooted in the truth of who God says. We're so busy listening to, to what other people say about us, to what media says, comparing ourselves to other people. We're so, so rooted in the, the idea when we're listening more to what other people say about us than what God says about you. Listen, the only thing that matters is what Jesus says about you. You are a child of God. You are righteous. You don't, see, you don't achieve righteousness. You don't, you don't have to work for your righteousness. You don't have to be a good person. There's no achieving to do when it comes to righteousness, to being right before God. There is only receiving to do when it comes to righteousness for God. So no matter, you couldn't on your best day live up to what God's standards are. On your best day. So you can't live righteously without Jesus. You're trying to do that on yourself, but no, you don't achieve, you receive. And some of us have the wrong mindset. We're living up to a standard that is not truth. And so my prayer for today is that we have the correct mindset, that we go in saying, I'm going to be rooted in the truth of who Jesus says I am. And you need to know that. You need to know that so strong that nothing's going to push you over, that nothing's going to knock you over and, and bring you back down. But when we're rooted in truth, we'll see growth. And we need to know here. I'll, I'll listed some things up here if you want to write them down that I see in this scripture. Um, I'm going to read uh, actually verse 9 through 15 and then, and then put those things up on the screen. So verse 9, here's the truth. Here's some things we need to be rooted in. You're saying like, okay, I need to be rooted in. But what, 
What do I need to be rooted in? What kind of truth? For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. See, Jesus is fully God right there. And he lives in you. You have been filled with him. And verse 11, in him you also were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. See, what that's talking about is the circumcision was a ceremonial law from Deuteronomy. And it was all about doing something to obtain righteousness. What did I just say? Righteousness is not from doing. It's not from achieving Man, see, Jesus took away that law. He, he, he didn't take away, he didn't do away with it, but he said he came to fulfill it. And so he became that. So there's no need to do, there's no need to achieve righteousness, but only to receive righteousness by the work of Christ. Verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were raised from the dead, and also raised with him through the, power, the faith and powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. See, we are made alive. It says, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision uh, of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses. See, we're forgiving. And then, the, verse 14, you need, a, you need to grab onto this. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us. See, we had this amazing debt. We were in debt because we have all sinned. Romans 3.23, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all fallen, and that the wages of sin is death. We all deserve death, but Jesus died in place of all of us. And he stood against us with its legal demands. Then he set aside, nailing it to the cross. See, that, what happened on that cross was a legal transaction. It even uses a bookkeeping term of justification, where something was owed, and man, it was deposited, and it was paid for in full. The loan was paid off. The debt was paid off in full and forevermore. That is never going to be owed again because Jesus' was enough. Jesus' sacrifice was enough. It is sufficient. And he disarmed the rules and authority and put them to open shame by triumphing, triumphing over them in him. So would you put that list on the screen? I believe we got it. Jesus is fully God. We see that in verse 9 and 10. We've been filled with Jesus also in verse 9 and 10. We are forgiven, and, and we see that in verse 11. We've been buried and resurrected it in, in Him. If you're taking notes, man, these would be the things you need to be rooted in. You need to understand, internalize them, and believe them. We have been made alive in Him. We owe the debt of sin, but He paid it in full. And then that verse 15, it highlights, man, that He's victorious over all. And there's nothing that can come against the power of of Jesus. When we're rooted in truth, when we root ourselves in truth, we'll see growth through his resurrection power, his victorious power. And so all these things were being challenged. So he highlighted some specific things to the church in Coloss, which he heard were being challenged. So these were things that, that were already being pressured, like, hey, you know, Jesus is somewhat God. Hey, you've been filled, but other things can fill your life too. See, that's, I feel like that's a pressure right there. You've been filled with Jesus, but we also want to fill ourselves with, with other things. We put the expectation for our spouse to fill us up. See, I, I see that as a major thing, and I've been convicted about this in marriage, that I put my spouse in a place only God should be. I put an expectation on my spouse to, to do something only God can do. Because my spouse, my wife doesn't complete me. Only Jesus completes me. Only Jesus fills me up. So some of us have put our, our expectation, what fills us up, as success. 
Some of us are saying, I'm going to put that, the idea of success, being successful, then I'm fulfilled. But to say, no, you have been filled in Jesus, and that's the only thing you need to worry about. So all these pressures, you need to be rooted in truth, otherwise you're going to fall on your face again. We have been buried and resurrected in him. We've been made alive in him. See, that success doesn't make you alive, may make you alive, make you feel good momentarily, but, but you're going to fall on your face if you're putting the expectation on that, on things, on monetary things, and you're going to fall straight on your face, put it on things or people, put it on anything besides Jesus. You're going to be let down with those expectations. And we, we owed the debt of sin, but he paid it in full, victorious overall. I pray this, you drill down. You take this drill right here and you root yourself into all these truths right here. And that you know when those pressures come up, when those temptations come up, you're not going to give in because you're rooted. You've planted yourself and you're growing as a result and you're seeing yourself every week, every month, every year. You're saying, I'm a stronger believer in Jesus. I'm, I know truth and I know Jesus more as a result. I want to give you some practical application to this and then we're going to pray. What does it mean to live a rooted life? How, to, how do we really live a rooted life? Well, uh, the word rooted right there, um, it means this. It's from the Greek word riezo, which means to render firm, to fix, to establish, to cause a, a person or a thing to be thoroughly grounded. Man, I want to be thoroughly grounded. I want to be established. I want to, to be firm and fixed on the person of Jesus, the person of truth. So what does that look like? How, what, and also I'm going to give you some practical ways you can live this out, because I believe sometimes you can have inspiration, but you also need some uh, information, some direction on how you can live this out. So that's my prayer, is that you feel inspired and directed in how you can plant your roots. The first thing is this, is simply devote yourself to Jesus. As you're spending time with Him, you have prayerful devotion to Him, that you're not just, just relying, here's the reality, if you're relying on Sunday morning from 10.30 to 11.45 to fill you up to, 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 that for, to be your time for the week, you're going to be falling on your face Monday through Saturday. Because that's not enough, because you have, it's a personal relationship. Matthew 6 says this, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. See, the, the, the roots go down, and no one else really sees them. See, no, no one will know what your root system really looks like. Because that's not how God designed it. Your roots are hidden like a, a tree. The roots are hidden. Even these, even these screws that go in, that's not the first thing you see. And no one really like highlights, man, you have a really good root system. I feel like you're really grounded in the Word of God. And, and maybe that does happen, but it's not up front. It's not visible. It's not what's highlighted, what's celebrated is what's not most important. A root system is more important than success. When you're faithful to God and faithful to, to drilling your roots down deep, that's what it looks like, is devoting yourself to Jesus prayerfully, giving thanksgiving, verse 7 says, abounding in thanksgiving, is, is reading the word. And I, I said this earlier, but you can't, you can't know the truth if you're not reading the truth. And even if it's just one verse a day, I don't care if it's, you've got to start somewhere. I know some of us are just overwhelmed by this idea of what it means to open up the Bible. But I believe God has called us to, to do that, and, and even if it's just one verse, we open it up. We open up and say, God, speak to me, prayerfully saying that. And, and then the next day, another verse. And then that is how we start grabbing this drill right here. And that's how we start drilling our roots down. 
and becoming firm so they're not, we're not falling on our face. The second thing is this, is, is we're just simply called to serve others. And it's just to simply put our hands to work and do something. Because here's why. is because we're living out what truth is. See, Jesus is truth. And Jesus said in, Ma- in, uh, in Mark chapter 10, verse 4, he says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So when we serve, we be like Jesus. We become like Jesus. And I believe when we do that, we start to drill our roots down. We start to establish roots. We start to become firm and fixed and established when we act like Jesus. See, someone I feel like is doing this amazing right now is new to our church is Austin right here. Um, can we give it up for Austin? Man, he's been coming here a little, since, a little over a month now. And every single Sunday now, he said, hey, I'm going to be there to help set all this place up. And I just see him growing in his faith. And, and, ever, and ever since that, he just shared with me he hasn't been to church uh, since this church for about 30 years. And he's, a, he's coming back and he's establishing his faith. And I applaud you for that, Austin. And I see that you're starting, because you're living it out, not just, li- not just have it up here, but you're living out what Jesus said of serving. And you're serving in the church. And, and I would encourage you not just be limited to serving in the church, not just signing up for a team. But that is a great start. But you can serve in the community. You can serve your neighbors Serve your coworkers, serve whatever circle of influence you find yourself in. But, but whatever you do, do something with, with what God's given you. Use the talents God's given you. Use your able body to serve others because that's what Jesus did. Last thing is this, is you need to connect with authentic community. I shared it um, a second ago is that we're, we're, we're doing, that's how we do community groups. That's our heart. Community is our heart. That's how we grow. I could look, I could point at so many different people in this room that have connected because of our, our groups, because of serving on a team, because of, uh, because of this church. But the reality is, is we don't, that, that doesn't happen unless we're intentional with it. See, you're, you're not going to connect with community unless you're intentional about saying, about opening up and saying, I need to get myself with like-minded people. I need, I'm tripping over myself here. I need to get myself around like-minded people. I need to know others that are going to be able to pray for me. When I'm about to fall over, I'm able to call them up and be like, hey, I need some prayer. And then, and then you'll realize who you surround yourself. You'll start to root each other together. You'll start to encourage them to drill your roots down in Jesus. And they'll encourage you, drill your roots down into the truth. Drill your, drill your roots down into the person of truth. And when you surround yourself with authentic community, you'll, you'll find yourself drilling your roots down deeper. So I'd encourage you to sign up for a group. That's an easy application for you. It's not just because you say, hey, man, we want to hit this amount of people and sign up for our groups. Man, no, it's, we do everything. Lead all people to find life and freedom in Jesus. We do this all because we want us to grow. We don't want us to be like Christoph here at the beginning, falling on our face over and over again. But, but I believe, man, it's, I believe it's this. In closing, man, I, des- I want to be better. I don't know about you, but I want to grow. I look at my Christian faith, and I've seen so many times where I was just maintaining. I was just kind of on cruise control. I was just like doing the same things, but I wasn't really desiring growth. I wasn't desiring change in my life. I was okay with the way I was, and I really, I was falling back falling out of my face, getting back up. It's like, Jesus, forgive me, I'm back. But I never really drilled the roots down. I never really desired growth like I needed to. So wherever you are at in your faith, wherever you find yourself and you say, this is where I'm at in my faith, you may be drilling roots down a little bit, but there's always more room to grow. 
And so my challenge to you today is where do you want to be in a year? Where, where do you want to be in your faith a year from now? What is your spiritual, your spiritual health look like a year from now? Where do you want that, that to be? But I don't know about you, but I, want, I don't want to be the same. I don't want to be the same place I'm, I'm at. Someone said once that if you're not growing, you're dying slowly. And I don't want to stagnate. I don't want to plateau. And I don't want to, to, to drift further away from Jesus. That is for sure. But I want to, be, to look, look at myself a year from now and say, man, I'm stronger in who Jesus is. I am more confident in the truth. I love him more. I hear his voice more. I have more peace. I have more joy. I have more confidence in who I am. I understand who Jesus says I am. And it doesn't matter what comes against me, that my emotional health is better because I have my spiritual health in, in, in order. My physical health is better because I have my, my spiritual health in better. Every, my financial health is better because I have my spiritual health in better. Because when you put the priority of being rooted in truth, you will find that everything sorts itself out. Jesus said to seek me first above all things. Seek me and, and seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So you have to prioritize growth. You have to desire growth. You have to desire to be rooted in Jesus. And then you'll see something happen. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to do something a little different because I believe everybody needs prayer for this. Because we're all wanting to grow closer. We're not, nobody has arrived yet. This idea of walking our faith out here is, is a continual journey. That's why we say Project Church, we're all a work in progress. And so here's what I want, want us all to do. They're going to sing a song behind me, but would you all stand today?